Welcome back to another episode of the Wheelie Stagey Podcast, episode 7. That's really exciting, isn't it? Now, those of you who listened to my previous episode will remember that I left you all on a bit of a cliffhanger. And I said, come along and join me for this one if you fancy being scared silly. That in mind then, if I may, I would like to rewind back um, to the 7th of August when I could be found visiting the Noel Coward Theatre in London for the first time, I think, um, since 2019 for me. That's, that sounds about right. I, I um, saw All About Eve there last to see a new play called 222, A Ghost Story. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Kerry, you saw 222 back in August. It is now late November. What are you playing at? And of course, um, now Dear Evan Hansen has since reopened back up at the Noel Coward. Now, I don't disagree with you all. In fact, I was umming and on for quite a long time about whether to still record and share this podcast, purely because it had been... It had been so long um, between my visiting the show and once more finding time and space and motivation um, to get the podcast done. I, um, Some of you will know that I am once more back with mum and I've had lots of things going on. So life has been um, rather busy and I was just kind of, I got to the point where I was like, Have I left it a little bit too long now? And I was feeling quite sad, actually, because as I will um, go into um, greater detail later, I had a great time with this, um, seeing this play, and it taught me a lot of um, valuable lessons. So I was kind of really sort of despondent about the prospect of not sharing um, the podcast with you, although I did do a review over on the blog. But then, happily, it was announced that due to phenomenal demand, 222 is making a return, um, albeit with a new cast and a, a new theatrical home. So from the 4th of December until the 12th of February, um, they'll be running at the Good. And the cast now features author and podcast host Giovanna Fletcher in the role of Jenny, Elliot Cowan, um, probably best known to folks for things like Ultimate Force, will be playing Sam. The in-betweeners James Buckley will be playing Ben. And last but not least, we have Stephanie Beatrice, who recently starred in the big screen adaptation of Lynn manuel Miranda's In the Heights as Carla, will be playing Lauren. And of course, um, some of you may also know her um, as Rosa Diaz um, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I just wanted to spend a few minutes at the top of the app, kind of giving the new cast a shout out. Um, and sending my love and best wishes and encouraging you all to go and support them.
One of the things I dislike most about my cerebral palsy is the fact that it gives me an extremely sensitive startle reflex. So I can jump incredibly easily at anything loud, sudden or unexpected. Or in my case, sometimes I find even when I'm anticipating anything like that happening and bracing myself and trying not to jump, um, that can often make it 10 times worse. The best example of this I can give you is all of my trips to Les Miserables over the years. Now, I haven't been back to the recently renamed Sondheim Theatre to see the new production of Les Mis yet, but I'm assuming my seat is still the same. I was always in one of the loges, either side of the dress circle, and I became very grateful over the years for the vantage point that I had of the stage from those seats because I could see into the orchestra pit. Now, those of you who will know and have seen Les Mis will know that during the barricade scenes, there are some particularly loud gunshots effects and I came to learn when these were coming up because I could always see the orchestra put their fingers in their ears and every time after that first visit I was thinking great I won't jump anymore because I know when when it happens I can see everybody else bracing themselves for it it's gonna be fine and I kid you not I have seen Les now I think 15 16 times over the years, including Broadway, and I never not jump at those uh, loud um, gunshots. So, all in all, it can leave me feeling quite embarrassed and self-conscious, particularly when at the theatre. In light of all that, I am also not one for horror as a genre. I can just about cope with anything kind of supernatural, vampires, werewolves, all that kind of thing. But um, anything that is really suspenseful and um, about things that go bump in the night and all that kind of thing, no thank you. Um, I have quite a vivid imagination as well. So I would, one, be on edge the entire time throughout the whole movie, um, just waiting for whatever's going to happen to happen. And two, I would probably go to bed that evening and have really intense nightmares. So yes, I am generally not one for horror as a genre. So on paper, a play with ghost story in its title and me probably don't seem like the most natural fit, do they? But hey, I'm all for um, trying to push myself out of my comfort zone because as I learned here, it can have some pretty unexpected and worthwhile results. Two Twenty Two follows a couple, Jenny and Sam, who have recently moved into their new home and they will be hosting that night of all nights that I imagine we all look forward to when we first move into a new place. Um, They'll be hosting their first guests, so 
um, long-time friend of Sam's from University, Lauren, and her new partner, Ben. So far, so ordinary, right? All is not well, however. Jenny is ill at ease because every morning at, you guessed it, the fateful hour of 2.22, she's been hearing noises that she can't explain coming from her daughter Phoebe's bedroom. With a point to prove, she challenges everyone to stay up with her until then so that the truth will out. You guessed it, unexpected is going to be the operative phrase for the rest of the podcast because I think it sums up my reaction to the play and I wasn't expecting to build the connection that I did with it. I know myself that I have always loved plays that are at their core about people our relationships and what makes us tick. Excuse me if you've just heard a um, a bell ringing in the background. That's my favourite little podcast. Milo has come to join us. Hey, buddy. So, yes, those qualities are what I got in spades from this piece. It just so happens that all of that is explored with a supernatural backdrop. And that, for me, is the major strength of the writing from Danny Robbins. Danny, of course, hosts his own hugely successful podcast, The Battersea Poltergeist. It's less about the scares, although there are a few of those in there, more on those in a second, um, but more about how he manages to marry together this really intense undercurrent of tension that ramps up and ramps up more and more as the play goes on with really wonderful bursts of wit and humour. And it's a balancing act, I think, not only in the writing but also in the direction that um, Matthew Dunster, um, who directs, pulls off really well. In keeping with the ending of the play, which sees, shh, please don't tell, beamed on the wall, there will be no spoilers here. Suffice to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the twist, and again, it's testament to the quality of the writing, that it stayed with me for as long as it has after the event. I remember having really animated Twitter conversations with friends and followers of mine that were due to um, see the play or had already seen it. And lots of us were saying to each other, did you pick up on this? Did you pick up on that? Oh, I didn't notice that bit, but now that you've mentioned it, ah, perhaps that's what that might mean. And things like that. And for me to have that sense of buzz and excitement about a piece that I wasn't sure about um, to begin with made it really, really special for me. And I think I decided quite early on that it's going to be one of those plays that I think would benefit from repeat visits for you all to um, pick up on all the nuances. 
and all the things that are happening because it's all very cleverly layered and I just really admire the way um, the writing brings every, all those elements together. It's really slick and polished and to return back to the non-spoiler bit of the ending, I um, really enjoyed it as well just from the perspective that it reminded me very much of the films of Alfred Hitchcock. I studied um, Hitchcock and some of his films at university and it reminded me very much of when Psycho was released in the cinema and there would be these posters out, like posted outside the screens warning everybody not to give away the ending. Um, so that just um, made me chuckle and warmed my heart a little bit. It's a play very much about juxtaposition, that juxtaposition between belief and cynicism. And I really enjoyed how that kind of came across in the design as well, the set design from Anna Fleischel, I think it is. Once again, apologies for my terrible pronunciation. And I hope I got that right. Gives us the uh, um, interior of the family home. And you'll notice that it is um, very much sort of split into two halves. So one side of the stage gave us peeling wallpaper and damp because obviously Jenny and Sam have just moved in so they're still in the process of decorating the place but over on the other side of the stage is where we've got this snazzy new kitchen and looming always in view we have a digital clock which ticks us ever closer to 2.22 as the play goes on and all that coupled with um, Lucy Carter's striking and immediately from the outset terrifyingly neon lighting design and Ian Dickinson's chilling sound design one word for you, foxes all of those come together to really help keep the tension ramping up now, I may not be one for jump scares, but there was something about the atmosphere that was really special. You know, that sense of collective, edge of your seat, pin drop quiet that I eventually really came to love and kind of, it gave another kind of layer to proceedings. I was also really grateful for the fact that, you know, sometimes if you jump, when something scares you and then you have the whole kind of nervous laughter and you try and play it down. There was a lot of that going on in my matinee audience. So that kind of put me at ease as well. So being totally honest, it's quite clear that the script won me over. What about the cast? I hear you cry. The original
original cast for 222 was headed up by singer-songwriter Lily Allen in her West End stage debut. I hold my hands up and say that I was one of those sceptics about this particular casting, but I want it on record that I was pleasantly surprised by her and I have, I know I saw the play quite early on in its original run and I have no doubt that she will have continued to grow in confidence and technique as the run sort of continued. What I loved about how Lily played Jenny is the fact that if you look at it from a distance, the idea of a play about a house potentially being haunted and kind of supernatural things going on um, might potentially seem a little bit cold, but um, the character of Jenny is re- kind of brings a warmth and... Um, sort of vulnerability and tenderness to proceedings that I I found it really easy to empathise with her and kind of root um, I was kind of on her her side throughout the whole thing really and and wanting everybody else to believe what she was saying because I did I did and that for me was important I particularly loved how um, Matthew Dunster's direction had Jenny constantly on the move. So she's pacing, she's cooking, she's checking on Phoebe. And for me, that made her moments of stillness where she really lets the fear creep in about things that are happening. And she starts questioning herself. It makes those quiet still moments all the more intense and engaging I cannot wait to hear and hopefully see what Giovanna brings to the role having seen her on the previous series of I'm a Celebrity last year where she became Queen of the Castle and kind of got to know her a a little bit more from there she strikes me as an incredibly warm bubbly, outgoing, lovely human being. So I'm intrigued to see how she takes on a character that strikes me as being quite different from her um, everyday personality, and I hope she has a lot of fun with it. Also in her West End debut, Julia Chan played Lauren, Sam's psychoanalyst friend from university. Now, what I loved about Lauren, um, for me anyway, she struck me quite often, or more often than not, I should say, as being the smartest in the room. She shifts alliances throughout the night, um, and she's got her own kind of hidden depths and longings that they're kind of just simmering away below the surface and I was very much getting the sense of hmm who's she talking to here does she is she saying what she really wants to say does she is she saying what she means and does she mean what she says 
um, essentially. And I loved watching Julia play around with those dynamics. I've always loved characters like that anyway, that keep me on my toes and keep me guessing. So that covers our two talented ladies from the cast. Now on to the gents. I don't know about all of you, but I find that I am 100% more likely to be more on board with getting out of my comfort zone when it comes to my theatre going if a performer I love and admire is in the cast. And lo and behold, enter Hadley Fraser, who I confess cut a rather unlikable figure as Sam, but as always, I loved watching Hadley take us to those places, and as he always does, he impressed me with how versatile he is as a character actor. Similarly, with my reaction to Lauren, I think Sam's character was the one that I had the most fun trying to get to know and figure out. Sam is very rational, very logical, and very cynical and stubborn. And that, for me, is the point on where the most interesting conflict throughout this piece comes from. While everybody else is very much open and interesting, uh, interested even in discussing Jenny's theory and why she feels the way that she does and wanting to know more about the noises she's been hearing. Sam is very much, no, this is so far outside my frame of reference that I am not, I can't even begin to understand how we've even got to having these conversations. There has got to be a rational explanation for it, and I'm not I'm not having any of this um supernatural malarkey ruin our evening. Um, and I'll, I'll always remember there's a wonderful scene between Sam and Jenny that I think Hadley played absolutely beautifully. There's a moment where Jenny straight up confronts Sam and she says to him, do you believe your wife? That is all it boils down to and that is all she wants to know is whether she can count on her husband's support. And I loved watching Hadley at that point because I could so easily see the conflict that Sam was having as a character. You could tell that he was quite shocked that his wife would say that to him and very much like, how, how can she question whether I'm 
whether I'm supporting her and, you know, do I believe her? How, how can she even ask me that? But of course, we know already that he is the cynic of the group. And that dynamic for me was fascinating. And also as well, just the way that Sam's kind of reactions had to change very, very quickly. Um, and often um, in intensity as well, depending on who he was with and who he was reacting to, um, that often meant that Hadley was off, was going through a whole kind of, the whole sort of spectrum of emotions, sometimes even in just the space of a few lines of dialogue and just the ease in which he was able to handle that and make Sam as complex as I found him um, was a joy as ever it is. Completing our quartet of original cast, we had Jake Wood as Ben, Lauren's partner, and having only seen him in his role in EastEnders, I was intrigued to see him on stage and I felt he tackled the role of Ben with tremendous ease and likability. What I loved most was from the outset, Ben is established near enough immediately as the antithesis to Sam. Ben is immediately more sympathetic towards Jenny and more open to hearing about what she's experiencing. And also, he's not afraid to call Sam out when sometimes Sam's behaviour borders on being incredibly rude and a little bit kind of narcissistic and classicist. Um, so just having the tension between those two characters being complete opposite was really um, interesting. But what I particularly loved about the character of Ben is that he quite often has some of the play's most amusing and um, witty moments and Jake um, pulls off the comedy wonderfully. I loved how deadpan and witty and dry in humour that he made Ben um, and it was just the way the way he'd deliver a line quite often got more of a laugh than what was what was being said necessarily and there were times when having been present to kind of give that light relief was brilliant there are points um in the play where i felt grateful um just for um a witchy remark that Ben would make just to take the edge off the tension just for a little while. Well, I say take the edge off the tension. It took the edge off the supernatural question for a little bit and also kind of led into some really interesting conversations away 
from the supernatural element of the piece. I mean, just when these four characters were together, you you had conversations about gentrification, you know, Ben being a builder and Sam being more academic and how how their upbringings were different and all that kind of thing. You had discussions around um, parenthood and particularly um, for Jenny and Sam, they have recently had a new baby daughter and for Jenny in particular, she is incredibly worried for Phoebe's safety given what she thinks is happening in the house. So just having these four characters come together, each with their own sort of differences of opinion and to have that variety um, was for me a massive part of what made the play as clever as I thought it was. And on paper, it shouldn't have been my thing at all. And yes, my startle reflex did get a hell of a workout. For example, I mentioned the foxes earlier. I will also never look at a baby monitor in the same way again. Um, but I'm so glad that I took a punt. If I didn't, I'd have missed out on a piece that I found really striking and thought-provoking and one that I'm incredibly happy is still with me and has been with me for so long after the event. And I'd encourage everyone to give it a shot. As I said at the top of the episode, it's running at the Gilgood very soon and you can book your tickets at www.222aghoststory.com Thanks as always for listening, folks. Keep your eyes peeled and ears out. For my next episode, I'll be taking y'all to the islands of the South Pacific. As always, remember you can follow me on Twitter at at Wheelie Stagey for the blog for the blog and the podcast. So that's at W H W L I E and then Stagey or um, if you want to reach me more personally as well, because I also post the podcasts and my blog and everything to do with Wheelie Stagey there as well. My personal account is at Kerry N, so that's K-E-R-R-I-E-N underscore 270811. Use Wheelie Stagey on Instagram and Facebook search for Wheelie Stagey blog. I always love hearing from you guys and thanks ever so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.